Welcome everyone to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig. And welcome. I'm glad that you're here again for another week. I think this is like uh, week 19. Kind of hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're actually not too far away from us doing this for a half a year now. Um, but anyway, I thought we would talk about a subject that we've kind of brushed up against on other episodes um, and it's a very broad topic some of you um, may embrace this subject more than others we'll find out it's not about judgment um, but it's a topic of conspiracy theories and Lord knows there's plenty of those out there and uh, in a little while I'm going to get into some of the top ones I kind of did a, uh, a brain dump of some of the ones that I've heard of or thought about or perhaps embrace or not embrace. Um, but before we get into that, I thought it would be cool to start off uh, reading an excerpt from something um, from a book. And I think it'll really set the stage for where we're going to uh, be headed. And I'll tell you who wrote this and everything after I read the quote. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. So it's a very interesting quote. And um, uh, being a marketing guy myself, I can definitely see the truth in what was shared. But here's the interesting thing about that quote. That was written in 1928. It wasn't written today. 1928. And since that time, if anything, the writings of the person who wrote this have become a playbook to... I don't want to say control, although it's an appropriate word, but certainly craft the opinions of the public, whether you're here in the U.S. or, you know, abroad. doesn't really matter. It works the same anywhere. The writer of what I read is a guy named Edward Bernays, and uh, somebody that I've read and studied for years. Um, he, he wrote a book, which I'm in the process of reading right now, in 1923 called Crystallizing Public Opinion. It's an excellent book. 
Um, it really opens up your eyes to some things, but even more so, a book that he wrote in 1928 called Propaganda, which was written around the same time. Well, actually, <laughs> the quote that I just read you is an excerpt from that book, from Propaganda. And, um, and then in 1955, he wrote a book called Engineering, The Engineering of Consent. And there's other books that he's written um, over the years as well. He's really known as uh, one of the forefathers of public relations. And whenever you uh, take in consideration of what he has stated, just in that little quote that I wrote, much less his greater works, it really helps you put into context things that are going on <clears throat> in this day and age that we live of, um, you know, fake news being a thing. And yeah, there's always been fake news, folks. Um, it's just now it's actually called fake news. And in some cases, what's called fake news actually isn't fake at all. In other cases, it certainly is. But understand that everything that is put out today in my opinion, should be questioned. Um, one of the things that it seems like the powers that be, whoever that is, government, media, whoever, uh, counts on is that we don't question everything, you know, to quote Mulder from the X-Files, you know, question everything. But we don't. Uh, or if you maintain some sort of plausible deniability, you know, well, it may be true, but it may not be true. It prevents us, long story short, from being united against a common goal. Okay? Keep us guessing. So, really, a lot of what's going on, whether it's right or wrong, true or false, we are the... Uh, active or in many cases uh, unsuspecting participants in a control experiment okay and so because we're in this control experiment conspiracy theories are a natural outgrowth of that because they challenge the accepted narrative they challenge what um, we're told we need to believe and so, as a result, it's important to maintain that conspiracy theories are just that. They're, you know, made up things that can't possibly be true by a bunch of nut jobs and weirdos, you know, um, or nerds, perhaps in some cases. Uh, and so, therefore, it maintains the plausible deniability. But chances are likely that you've heard many conspiracy theories. Some of them you may believe, some of you uh, you may not, and that's okay. I have a list that I compiled this morning, just kind of off the top of my head, and um, did a like a five minute Google search just to make sure I didn't miss any really good ones. Um, <laughs> and there were a couple that I added to the list, but I find it fascinating uh, conspiracy theories. And the reason why I always have uh, is because in some cases, conspiracy theories validate personal experience. In other cases, they directly bump up against 
personal experience. And ultimately, conspiracy theories or not, again, it's a matter of what will sway public opinion. You know, as Bernays talked about, the importance of swaying public opinion. So you can actually have a conspiracy theory, um, like the uh, information surrounding JFK's assassination is a really good one. Um, And then years later, have the truth actually be revealed, and people won't believe it. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The truth becomes irrelevant in the face of a conspiracy theory because it's been claimed as a crazy theory for so long that when the truth finally validates that crazy theory, it doesn't matter. See what I mean? So uh, conspiracy theories are very powerful. I am a firm believer, as I mentioned before, that we should question everything. You know, it's something I taught whenever I was a pastor. Don't believe what the Bible says just because I tell you to or because that's what your grandma said. Question it. You know, we're not a bunch of ostriches sticking our heads in the sand, although that seems to be a popular thing these days, you know, metaphorically speaking. Uh, So question everything, right or wrong. You know, um, one of the worst things you can do as a living, breathing human being, in my opinion, is to just take mainstream media and what you're told at face value and believe it and just never question it. Because if for no other reason, what I just read when we started this episode from Bernays, you know, understand and like this is not a conspiracy theory. We are constantly being... Uh, challenged, manipulated, you know, all of that. We do it all the time. You can't sell something without trying to sway public opinion. Is that manipulation in every case? No, it's not. I mean, even with me uh, emailing all of you who are on my mailing list about products that I've created and want to promote, uh, I have to very carefully choose the wording that I use. It's not to manipulate, okay? It's that in many cases, we've become so weary and inundated with all the email messages, all of which claiming you need to buy my stuff, that we've become jaded as buyers. We've become jaded or confused as to what really is the right choice for us. We're not sure. Because we get opposing points of view or multiple points of view that all seem to be correct. So how do you pick? So when it comes to selling and marketing, we have to craft our messages very often in a way that bypasses the objections. So that you, the buyer, me, the buyer, can actually see the benefits for what they are how those items will actually benefit us in a way that we will make a buying decision, okay? That's marketing. I mean, that's what marketing is. So public relations, in a lot of respects, is marketing, and it can be used in a very positive fashion. You know, you can have the greatest product in the world, but if no one knows about it, you're not going to make sales. It's not going to help people and so on. But it can also be used in a very negative way to control and sway public opinion uh, regarding something. 
Uh, and it, the fact is it's used all the time in any time of history it's been used, but even now more than ever with social media and um, all the different types of media that we're constantly inundated with. And so to me, to dismiss conspiracy theories out of hand saying it's a bunch of crazy people, you know, blah, 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 is naive at best. I think you it would be a huge mistake to not question. Now, you can still uh, come down on believing or not believing. That's up to you. But my encouragement is to, you know, don't just accept what's presented to you as fact without doing your own homework. I've seen a lot of people complaining about different things on the Internet, you know, that's posted as fact, that's posted, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it is uh, negative propaganda regarding um, the current president. Uh, or certain events that happened or didn't happen. And just take it as fact without doing any research. Like um, there was a news article passed around. Um, I've seen it a few times now regarding um, President Trump's uh, positioning regarding the solar industry, solar panel industry, and how he's anti-solar and all of this. And the argument or the uh, article makes a compelling uh, argument against President Trump and what he wanted to do, the problem is that it isn't true. Or there's parts of it that aren't true. And if you spend any time at all researching the solar panel industry, what you'll discover is that the very companies or the very people who say President Trump's trying to take jobs away from the American people by killing the solar panel industry, it's the solar panel industry that asked him to do what he did. But you don't find that out unless you dig. Okay. The reality is that China was trying to undercut our solar panel industry by introducing cheap panels that... American-produced solar panels couldn't compete on price. So it was a global trade war where China was once again trying to undercut America, which is why tariffs have now been imposed on China. But if you read articles at face value, it's very little bit, a little more than propaganda uh, trying to promote a certain agenda, okay? So understand that when you're reading the news, when you're listening to the news, whatever, Question all of it. Don't just take it at face value, regardless of who it is. You know, whether it's conservative, whether it's mainstream media, question it all. Because chances are likely that it's just another experiment in swaying public opinion. Okay? So, having said that, I want to go down through this list. And some of some of the things that I came across are pretty funny. Um, I'm not going to comment on them too much, uh, or else we'd be here all day. Um, but I may reserve the right to focus on some of these theories um, in future episodes of the show. So, uh, and these aren't in any specific order. So, like they're not in historical order or anything like that. So they kind of bounce back and forth all over the place just based on how they popped into my head. And again, I'm not really commenting from a position of whether I believe them or not. I'm just presenting them to you. 
So the first one that came to mind um, is probably one of the most popular uh, conspiracy theories ever. And that is the moon landing. Whether men actually landed on the moon or whether it was all actually produced in a Hollywood soundstage. And, uh, I mean, personally, I find this one really intriguing because I've always been fascinated with space. And I remember as a kid watching the Apollo missions in our classroom, you know, them wheeling in the television and us watching it. And uh, I can say for me personally, it really fired my imagination. It's probably one of the reasons why I embrace or believe certain things that I believe today is from watching the moon landings. And of course, all of that came about as part of a space race competition between us and Russia. Because in 1961, uh, Russia launched the first man into space. And um, so it became increasingly clear that this was going to be a thing that had to be contended with, which ultimately prompted President Kennedy at the time to you know, make the famous declaration that we would land a man on the moon uh, before the turn of the decade, so before 1970. And of course, uh, the first moon landing took place in 1969. Now, let's just dissect this a little bit. Um, because I've spent some time reading, especially around this, uh, and I've seen a lot of different sides of the same coin. Of course, I was a kid then. You know, I was like seven years old. So um, I obviously don't have any kind of insider information or, or anything like that. But one argument is that there's discrepancies in the video um, because there's, what, like five or six moon landings? Five, I think. Um, and it, there's discrepancies with regard to the flag, with regard to shadows, all that kind of stuff. Um, that there's a lack of stars in the sky. You know, there's no stars, therefore it must be fake. Um, but a lot of those arguments um, really are kind of silly. Uh, because, like, the stars one is a big one. You know, um, saying that, well, there's no stars in the sky, therefore the moon landing must be fake just kind of shows that you understand nothing about photography, you know, because whenever you're trying to get a proper exposure and you're focusing on a very bright object, like the moon reflecting sunlight, for instance, um, stuff that is not as bright, like a star, very dim, you're not going to see just because of exposure. I mean, that's real, real simple. But um, by the same token, there have been a few arguments that have been made uh, for the soundstage in Hollywood thing that I could honestly see. I mean, it could make sense. I could see that. Um, there's certainly some reasons why. Like, let's say that the technology just wasn't there to pull it off, you know. Um, and so, you know, to save face, they faked it. Um, I could see that as an argument. Uh, there's uh, also the thing of one of the latest things that have been circulating around is uh, people have posted interviews from uh, folks on the space station where they talk about the radiation belts and all of that and how humans actually couldn't survive uh, going into a high orbit, much less departing our uh, 
you know, the gravitational pull of the Earth and everything because of radiation belts and other things like that, that it would kill people. Um, and so, therefore, if that's true, then there's no way that we could have flown to the moon. And uh, there's been other interviews where um, space station astronauts have made statements like, if we ever go to the moon, as opposed to if we return to the moon. So to me, like those don't represent uh, fact at all. You know, it's speculation at best, which in a lot of cases, that's all the conspiracy theories are. They're speculation because plausible deniability. It's hard to tell the truth. Um, disinformation is shared. So you don't really know, you know, what's true and what's not. Uh, another argument has been, um, and I personally uh, get a lot of uh, satisfaction out of this one, is that whenever the uh, the men got to the moon, that they noticed that there were a series of spaceships, uh, alien spacecraft that were watching them the whole time that they were there, and that uh, ultimately after they you know returned a few times, that it was so risky for them to you know not show aliens in some video clip or something that they finally just said, you know what, we're not going back or that they were actually warned to not return. So there's a lot of different sides to this particular coin. I think chances are likely that we did go. Um, and given the argument of aliens or not, I could see where we were warned perhaps, but the reality is I wasn't there. You know, so it's speculation at best. And of course, whenever you're broadcasting um, video footage from so far away uh, and you have certain groups that completely control those feeds, it would be real easy to edit or to black out or something and say, oh, we just lost our feed. You know, it's kind of like the old thing you've probably done at one time or another where you're talking to somebody and they're trying to talk you out of something. You don't want to hear it anymore. And it's like you start scratching the phone. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm breaking up. I can't hear you. I got to go. You know, that kind of thing. You know, it's like, oh, shit, aliens. Um, cut the feed. Uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, so that, that's one big conspiracy theory. Another one is um, JFK's assassination. You know, the whole argument of the lone gunman and Lee Harvey Oswald and all that. And um, I find this one especially fascinating um, because uh, there were some statements, some very powerful statements that President Kennedy had made right shortly before his assassination that hinted at revealing... Um, covert information uh, that honestly would have been extremely dangerous to go public. But he said that he was going to, you know, reveal that. And so was his assassination an inside job by the CIA? Were there multiple shooters? Or was it just, you know, some, you know, crazy dude with a gun, you know, on the grassy knoll that took him out? So, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but last year, um, there was a, actually there was something put in place that stated that all the documents, the official documents and unofficial documents surrounding JFK's assassination would be released after a certain number of years. And it basically included a period of time so that all the active players would no longer be living. 
And uh, so uh, President Trump released those documents last year, the end of last year. And what they conclusively showed was that there were indeed multiple shooters. It wasn't just Lee Harvey Oswald. And also revealed other details that were categorically denied for years as little more than conspiracy theory. But yet, so basically they said that all the information about JFK was fabricated and disinformation for the sake of, you know, controlling public opinion. Um, and the documents that were released validated that that was indeed true. But yet, have you heard about that much? I haven't. I mean, I've read those documents just because I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, but you don't hear about it. So it's irrelevant now. Right? Um, another conspiracy theory is 9-11. That it was an inside job. And that the whole reason why it was staged was to get us into, uh, to give us a reason to go to war with Iraq and all of those. And there's been a lot of arguments for and against this. And um, some of the arguments are extremely compelling, um, where you have hundreds, thousands of engineers and scientists saying certain things are impossible to have happened the way the official story said that they happened, um, so on and so forth. But yet, have you seen any inquiries into it, like official ones? No. Um, so there's this constant uh, promulgation. I don't know why that word just popped into my head, but it's valid, uh, of information that may or may not be true. There's thousands of videos on YouTube, um, books written, all kinds of stuff with extremely compelling evidence to state that it was indeed an inside job, that the buildings didn't collapse on their own, but it was actually done through thermite um, and controlled blast and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I wasn't there either myself. Uh, perhaps some of you were, um, but compelling evidence nonetheless. And so we may or may not ever know the truth behind what really happened there. Um, although the one thing about it is that currently the narrative uh, still seems to remain the official narrative. Um, false flag events. So this is something that has actually happened for years and years. Um, false flag events uh, very often involve mass shootings and those kinds of things. And that uh, they may or may not have happened or that they did actually happen, but there was a, a different underlying reason why than what we're publicly told. And uh, again, conspiracy theory. Uh, some good examples of, uh, of that, of false flag events or supposed false flag events would be um, like the shooting in Las Vegas that happened not long ago. Um, Sandy Hook, um, some, uh, uh, the one church, uh, in the South, I forget the name of the church, uh, where several congregation members were killed. Uh, and there's several others, um, like the, uh, the, the bombing of the government building in, um, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma city. So, um, different ones have said that these are false flag events and the reason why like the whole concept of false flags 
are um, to justify something else happening, okay? Uh, or to push an agenda like gun control or something like that. Uh, it's about moving uh, a narrative forward uh, in an effort to sway public opinion. That's the whole concept of false flags. Um, and so technically, I guess you would you could say that um, the conspiracy theory around 9-11 uh, would fit that definition of being a false flag event because the reason for it happening was to cause something else to happen. In, uh, in that case, for us to have a justified reason to go after terrorists, you know. Um, and so whether those are, you know, on the surface what really happened or whether there was something deeper behind why they happened, it's hard to say in many cases because the information is controlled there's a lot of questions usually around certain events that take place like um uh like the las vegas shootings there's a lot of contradictions um there's certain information that's never been released ever okay um or when the information did finally come out, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, like with uh, Sandy Hook, and I'm not here to say that Sandy Hook never happened or anything like that. I know it's a big controversy right now with Infowars and different groups like that. But uh, one piece of very interesting uh, video footage that I saw re related to Sandy Hook Um and I think this is probably where the Sandy Hook conspiracy theory came from, is that there is actual video footage that show that um, a line of children that are uh, led out of the school and circled around and taken back into the school again. So you see the same children coming out of the school multiple times, which is really weird to me if there's an active shooter in a school killing children, you know? Like, why would they lead kids back into the school? Um, so that's where, you know, very often you have footage that comes out that's accidentally revealed or, you know, people say things that don't line up with what other people say, even though they're actual witnesses. Um, you have like crisis actors and that whole argument where somehow amazingly the same girl is at multiple events shootings, bombings, all of that, crying hysterically, and she just happens to show up in the news feed? Like, what are the odds of her being at every school shooting? Like, she should be a, uh, a subject, you know, of investigation. And so there's things like that that you see that really do lead to a lot of these conspiracy theories because it doesn't make sense, especially in this day and age when media is everywhere. Like, everybody has a phone and a video camera in their or a uh, camera and video camera in their smartphone. You know, so it's real easy to capture information like that that's going on in real time. Um, and so it makes you wonder, you know, oh, look, it's that same girl again. Why is she there? You know, what are the odds <laughs> that she's in two different parts of the country at two major shootings? You know, and she's crying hysterically. Um, and then you see, like... Uh, uh, groups of protesters, you know, that are protesting this or protesting that, you know, uh, and then you just happen to notice that there's ads being run in Craigslist jobs 
paying people $15 an hour to go show up at this event at this particular time to protest. So is it legitimate protesting or people, is it, you know, the new kind of job that we get? You know, so there's so much stuff that's going on, it keeps the public guessing. And if we uh, have a hard time coming to a conclusion, we won't come to any conclusion, which means that we will accept anything. It At best, it's manipulation of our belief systems and all of that because it keeps us off kilter. It keeps us off edge, which means we're very easy to control. Okay? Um, so whether I believe these or not is honestly immaterial. Um, and what, and quite frankly, whether you believe these or not is immaterial. What one thing that I do want to challenge you and the reason why I'm sharing this stuff is that it's important for you to not just believe because that's what you're told. You know, uh, I think our great challenge is for us to think for ourselves, to do the research, to dig in ourselves and then come to an educated conclusion, not just because it's what CNN told us to believe or Breitbart, you know, just because we've seen it on Seavine or Infowars doesn't make it true any more than because we saw it on CNN or Fox News makes it true. Okay, we have to question it because we are not in an era of honest reporting. And if you think we are, time to get your head out of the sand because we're being shoveled an agenda. And sometimes that agenda isn't necessarily with our best interest in mind. Um, okay, so I need to keep talking quick, more quickly because I have a lot longer list. Um, so deep state or cabal. Um, basically, that argument is that there is um, a powerful small group that controls everything. And uh, whenever I came across the quote from Bernays uh, that where he actually said that, I was kind of shocked because he wrote that in 1928. And by um, many accounts, um, the arguments for a deep state or cabal, which is pretty much a a thing um you know that that actually started in the 40s and 50s and so the fact that bernays made a comment like that in 1928 uh really kind of surprised me but um so if you do any research on the deep state or the cabal the whole thing is that it's about globalism and control um which most of this is about control if you get right down to it um and uh, that they're kind of like a shadow government. We've also heard about uh, the New World Order, the Illuminati, um, the Rothschilds. I mean, on and on it goes. Um, where there's a small group of people who are rich and power hungry and are trying to control everything. Honestly, that's not much of a stretch to believe. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd still definitely label it as a conspiracy theory, but... Um, it's really not that hard to believe that there actually is a deep state that doesn't have our own best interest in mind, um, but rather to promote agendas. Um, let's see. Roswell and aliens. Probably have a pretty good idea where I stand on that one. Uh, <laughs> since 
like I've seen flying saucers and all that kind of stuff legit. Uh, so it's kind of hard to convince me that it's all made up. Uh, and the reality is, to me, the my reality, I'll put it that way, is um, for us to think that we're the only intelligent life on, uh, on one planet in a universe full of billions of galaxies, all of which probably have planets, is incredibly naive and self-serving. I mean, that's like the ultimate egotistical position, you know, to think that we're it and there's nothing else. Um, and so Roswell, I think chances are really good that that was an actual event just because of if you follow the reporting of that, it was initially reported as a uh, crash and then later justified as a weather balloon. So, you know, it was legitimate, pure reported that something did happen and then it was covered up. Uh, and so, you know, as a result of that, and truth is there's just been too many people with too many experiences, um, not to mention whistleblowers and everything else, to really even say, you know, it's not real, you know. Uh, now, to the level of how much aliens are among us or on this planet or whatever, that's anybody's guess. I mean, there's certainly different kinds of reports that indicate that there's lots here, uh, some of which that mingle among us, and it's hard to tell the difference between us and them. Um, others argue that they live in cave systems or that the earth is hollow, which is another conspiracy theory, and that they live inside the earth, that they have underground cities like below Antarctica and places like that, and in cave systems in South America. I mean, it goes on and on, you know. Um, again, some people base their life on the fact uh, and basically put their life on the line in, on the fact that this is true, what they share. Um, again, I can only go from my own personal experience. But, excuse me, there's a lot of compelling evidence, especially with this one, um, that there is something to it. And uh, again, I... I just find it incredibly hard to believe that there wouldn't be more intelligent life than just us. Like that just seems kind of hard to believe that that would be the case. You know, what a waste of space if it were true. Um, so anyway, uh, another one that's been really popular these days um, that I personally find extremely entertaining is the flat earth movement. Um, I find it curious that the Flat Earth Movement and the Flat Earth Society and all of that is even a thing. Um, because you have to justify away a lot of information, a lot of scientific-based information to even make that claim that the Earth is flat, you know. Um, and, uh, I mean, arguments have certainly been made. I've read many of those arguments I've watched videos all that kind of stuff 
And I don't know. I, I have to have a hard, I have to say I have a hard time with it. Uh, just because you can go back as far in time as you want, even to like uh, scripture and other religious texts that very clearly um, outline things that definitive, definitively declare that the earth is a sphere, that it's a ball in the sky, not just some flat disk. I mean, it's just weird to think about that, right? Um, and how you have to justify, like, not running off the edge of the earth and all that. I don't know. So I find it extremely fascinating as a conspiracy theory. Um, that one I feel pretty confident in saying, whatever. <laughs> you know, if you believe that, awesome. You know, does that mean that the uh, sun is flat too? And mars and all the rest of them and that it's just a pretty little mobile that god or whoever hung up in the sky um who knows um hollow earth that the earth is hollow and that there's a complete environment inside the earth um that's another one that i find actually i find all these fascinating i love this crap um uh you've you know the i think of the classic book journey to the center of the earth right? And there's been multiple movies made about that and everything. Um, it, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, this is a big place, uh, planet earth. And, uh, you know, there's certainly been some very compelling evidence about holes at the poles, you know, that you can fly down into. Um, we certainly have massive cave systems that haven't been fully explored. So I don't know. I could see that as a possibility. I know that there's a lot of theories of having an iron core and magma and all that kind of stuff. That also makes sense um, because we have to account for the weight of the earth, you know, based on gravity and all of that. That's just science. But there could be pockets. I mean, whether it's fully hollow, like a bouncy ball, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but it's a curious one for me. Um, secret space program, another one. Um, I find this one incredibly intriguing, uh, and honestly not that hard to believe, but it is certainly a conspiracy theory. Um, which is why, you know, I've joked, uh, a bit about president Trump saying about creating the, um, uh, the space force. And, uh, my personal belief is that uh, well, I think Space Force is being created just as a way to prepare people for the eventual truth of what's out there. Um, to me, it makes zero sense. If, if you go with the argument that we did indeed go to the moon multiple times, um, it makes zero sense that we never went back. Zero sense. That, I mean, think about this. The technology and the computers that they used to send Apollo to the moon, given that that happened, okay, the, the, they had like rooms full of computers. Our iPhones are more powerful than all those computers combined. Okay, I mean, that's, that's proven, that's legit. And so if we have that much computing power in the palm of our hands now, compared to all the computers that were used to run, you know, men to the moon. 
why the hell wouldn't we go back? Oh, we were there, you know, been there, done that. Oh, yeah, I, I vacationed there once. It was cool, but, you know, I'm looking for somewhere else. Um, so from a logic perspective, it's an interesting argument to say, oh, no, there is no such thing as a secret space program. We don't have bases on the dark side of the moon or on Mars or wherever. Because, after all, technology, right? We don't have the technology. Bullshit, we don't have the technology, you know? Um, and so I don't have a real hard time believing that there's a secret space program. Like there's everything that we see doesn't necessarily mean that that's all that there is. You know, um, I think our government and other governments pride themselves on secrecy. Uh, and there's a lot of importance to that, of course. Um, let's see another one. Um, the Hitler actually didn't die by suicide, but he escaped and went to Argentina and uh, Antarctica. So there's another conspiracy theory. And there was actually a TV series uh, called Finding Hitler, I think, that just recently wrapped up last year, if I remember correctly. I didn't really watch it except for the last episode. Um, but... Again, with that theory, the fact that Hitler was the type of person that he was and the genocide that he um, caused, you know, through his, you know, uh, Aryan race superiority thing and wiping out the literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Jews. Um, so you have this monster, this man, diabolical genius, whatever you want to call him. Um, who committed the atrocities that he committed. And then when life gets a little tough, he commits suicide. Cut me a break. The dude was a genius. You know, yes, he committed all the atrocities. You know, I mean, there's even some conspiracy theories out there to try to say that the concentration camps never happened. That's stupid. Like, of course they all happened. You know, you're not going to scrub history like that. But to say that he just copped out at the last minute and shot himself and his, you know, significant other um, is ridiculous if you get right down to it. So uh, is it possible that he actually did escape and end up in Argentina? There's some pretty compelling evidence that he did. Um, I mean, it's a known fact that he was on this quest for finding religious artifacts like, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, because he was power hungry. And so he's into the occult and all kinds of things. Uh, and so there were reports of ancient civilizations in Antarctica. Still are reports like that. So it's conceivable that he could have gone there. It's conceivable that he could have gone to Argentina. But did he really kill himself right at the end of the war like that? That's the official narrative. But I find it hard to believe, personally. It just doesn't line up um big brother so <laughs> this is probably the best conspiracy theory of all in some respects because we deal with it on a very regular basis hi cia folks um so big brother argument is that everyone's you know that we're being monitored and listened to and everything is being recorded every telephone call every text message that they have the ability to activate your webcams without you knowing it um on and on and on it goes 
and that the NSA actually has every phone call that's ever been made recorded and stored somewhere. Um, honestly, I don't find this a real stretch to believe because, you know, I, it, like to me, this argument can really take on a lot of different forms. Like I remember I posted a couple months back about getting multiple DNA tests done. And there were certain folks that responded about, you know, well, I don't want to do those kind of tests because then they can learn things about me perhaps. And I don't want that information in the wrong hands or whatever. Um, and my position has been basically this. Big Brother's listening. There's not a damn thing you can do to prevent it. You know, and chances are likely, even if you went to a place where there was zero technology at the top of some mountain somewhere and hid out there, satellites can pick it up. Technology is pretty sophisticated these days. So, um, you know, we don't have to like it. And of course, it's being done in the public interest, quote unquote. But to me, it's a reality of the day we live in. There's no way around it. Um, and so, I, you know, you can choose to stress out and focus on or not focus on what you want. But to me, that's one of those things that's just life. That's the way it is now. And there's nothing we can do about it. So why stress over it? I've had some pretty interesting conversations um, and so far they haven't come and taken me away yet. Um, uh, but you never know. Um, let's see another one here. Uh, the Bible code. Um, and so this theory is that hidden within scripture, there are codes, secret codes that reveal additional information. Um, and some of it comes from a position of how the languages that were used um, in the writing of scripture are known to have both letter variants and assigned numbers to them. And so if you take um, the, or the uh, writing and break it down into numbers and search for patterns, you can discover certain other codes. And of course, you know, the Dan Brown novels hint at stuff like this. Um, there's a lot of other uh, arguments that can be made around this, that the Bible codes really do exist and they predict certain things and so on and so forth. And uh, I've always been really fascinated by this argument um, because, and I've spent a fair amount of time researching it myself. I've actually spent a fair amount of time researching pretty much all these things just because that's how my brain works. But this one was especially cool because I've always been fascinated with language and linguistics and math. And uh, quite frankly, if uh, scripture and not just like the Bible, but religious texts in general, you know, if they were divinely inspired, why would it really be that much of a stretch to believe that there could be messages hidden within those texts? Like, to me, the way my brain works, that doesn't seem like that much of a stretch at all. Um, where the conspiracy part comes in for me is 
whenever you start trying to make things say certain things to fit your agenda. When at first blush, it's definitely a stretch. That's when I start to, to question. Everything about conspiracy theories is about pushing a certain agenda, pushing a certain narrative. And sometimes to get to the bottom of it, if you can even get to the bottom of it, um, you have to ask a question, series of questions like, who benefits from this? If this is true, who benefits from it? Um, where is the power flow in this? If there is any. Um, if the truth of this was revealed to the public, what would happen? Um, some really powerful questions like that can actually help sort through some of, you know, what's going on. Like, let's just say, you know, play devil's advocate for a minute here. This is a slight sidetrack. But let's just say that it was revealed definitively uh, that 9-11 was an inside job that you know the president knew about it that everyone knew about it that it was pulled off by the cia um, and black ops groups just for the sake of swaying public opinion regarding terrorism and going into uh, going into war with iraq and other places which iraq i think you probably all figured out by now iraq wasn't about terrorism at all it's about oil but anyway, another conversation. Um, so what what would happen in the American uh, American public if we found out that the government indeed did that? Like if the government fessed up and said, you know what, we actually lied, uh, we did this, and here's why. First of all, the fact, I don't know that that would ever take place, but let's say that it did. It would create pandemonium. It would create create incredible distrust to um, to the political agenda. Um, it would undermine our uh, our whole psyche as the American people. That our own government would kill its own people for the sake of a military agenda, right? Um, so, regardless of how much proof there is or isn't they could never come right out and say that any more than gov the government could officially come out and say, yes, there's aliens. Yes, we've talked to them. Yes, they're real. You know, there's a hundred races, you know, 50 of whom live here. And some of them look just like you. What would it do? It'll create paranoia. Um, you know, then there's the whole thing of how the existence of aliens would affect religious systems. Um, how it would affect our trust in the government because we've been lied to for 50 years plus. Um, so you can understand why plausible deniability is maintained. It doesn't justify it, okay? But you can understand why through asking questions like the ones that I mentioned. Uh, and it can really help you sort through what's real and what isn't or what may be real, okay? Um, see another one, global warming, climate control, um, are two big, 
uh, conspiracy theories. Some will argue that global warming is a, uh, a real thing and they cite rising average temperature on the earth. Um, honestly, that's one of the weakest indicators for potential global warming. The fact like they hear the phrase global warming and they think, oh, well, that means that the earth is warming. When in reality, if global warming is a thing, it could tend to point to the fact that the earth is cooling in a lot of respects. Even though the ice caps are melting and those kinds of things, it isn't just about warming, okay? Um, but if you look at historical fact over millions of years, the truth is we've gone through cycles of this, you know, where things have frozen, things have heated up, um, certain areas were tropics and now they're, you know, frozen wastelands. Other areas were frozen wastelands and now they're like, Minnesota. Um, that was a joke. Um, and so it's really hard to say that global warming is or isn't a thing because of human impact on society. I mean, one of the funniest arguments that I've heard regarding global warming, uh, and I'm not saying one way or the other, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to judge. But one of the biggest arguments that I heard in favor of global warming was that it was being caused by the release of um, uh, cows farting, that we have so many cows uh, on the planet now, courtesy of um, fast food like McDonald's and places like that, that the gas that they give off from farting has contributed significantly to global warming. So, you know, the fact that the planet is quote unquote warming up is because of cow farts, because we have to have our McDonald's cheeseburgers. Um, I don't know about you, but I find that kind of hard to believe. I mean, I could, I could almost maybe see where, um, you know, uh, pollution and all that could certainly have an impact. Like to me, that's not a big stretch to see but cows farting? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. Um, and then there's also the one of uh, climate control, you know, like harp machines, high altitude uh, machines uh, that uh, they can affect uh, climate and control, you know, storms and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that one isn't really hard for me to believe personally, um, although it's hard to say for certain. We certainly have a lot of wacky weather, that's for sure. And then even like the wildfires in California, you know, there's been video and photos uh, that have surfaced that appear to show like beams coming down from space and igniting some of these uh, fires. There's other photos where um, you see houses that are like literally disintegrated to the ground um, in areas like entire developments, but the trees are untouched. And it does make you wonder, you know, I remember, uh, one of my friends on Facebook posted a picture the other day. Um, and it was a picture like that where all the houses were burned down, but all the trees were around those houses were still standing. <coughs> and the comment was that time when the, uh, forest fire forgot to burn the forest. And so you see things like that and it's like, maybe there is something else going on, you know, um, and there could be, who knows.
All I know is that it's unfortunate that I, I mean, there have been some forest fires that have been legitimately set by arsonists or by, um, you know, careless individuals. And uh, whenever you see what's destroyed, uh, it's just mind boggling, you know, that we lose that beauty, uh, certainly for decades until, you know, it returns. But anyway, certainly conspiracy theories around it. Um, Cures for cancer. That there are cures for cancer and most other diseases and that they're being suppressed by the FDA and others. Um, this one really, really is not hard for me to believe as a conspiracy theory because you can actually travel to other countries that don't suppress certain technologies and people are getting healed of cancer by undergoing these controversial treatments. So to me, that's not real hard to believe. I mean, if God forbid I ever came down with cancer, I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm out of the U.S. <laughs> like I'm I'm on my on my way elsewhere. Um, chemtrails, um, another great conspiracy theory where uh, we have you know jets that fly over. They leave these chemtrails that contain chemicals that come down that do a variety of different things, including um, introduce pathogens into the environment. Um, that introduce chemicals that uh, control populations and dumb us down and all those kinds of things. Um, I don't know. I, again, I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, I mean, obviously, when a, a plane flies through the sky and they're burning fuel, there's going to be exhaust. Okay, especially when that exhaust comes out at a high temperature and they're in a high altitude, which means it's extremely cold, you're going to be able to see that exhaust. Okay, so that's actually a natural part of planes flying over. Now, does that mean that there can't be chemtrails? Doesn't mean that at all. Um, I mean, honestly, if chemtrails worked, and I were a government, perhaps, and wanted to control people, seems like an obvious solution you know why not um not that i would want to control people but you know what i'm saying so it's hard to say it could go both ways um suppressed technology um which is a huge pandora's box for conspiracy theories um you know i think i shared the story before about how my grandfather whenever i was I don't know if I, I might have been just born or just before I was born, something like that, had invented a carburetor um, that gave him, and he's not the only one that came up with a similar design, by the way, but invented a carburetor that he was able to uh, increase the miles per gallon um, in his car. So this would have been like 61, 62, somewhere around there. And that um, he actually took uh, my grandmother and um, my mom, and I'm not sure who else, 
they actually drove to Florida and back on a single tank of gas. Now, this is my actual family. Okay. My grandfather filed for a patent <coughs> and was actually visited by the proverbial men in black. And uh, basically they demanded all of his notes, all of his technology, threatened the family, said that if he ever talked about it or ever did anything with it again, um, there would be consequences. So this isn't the movies. This actually happened in my family. So do I believe in suppressed technology? Hell yeah. You know, and if you dig around in patents like I have, there's a lot of it in there actually. You know, so does that mean that there's zero point energy and over unity engines and all of that kind of stuff? It's not that hard to believe. You know, you study the writings of Tesla. It's not that hard to believe. Tesla had several suppressed technologies because uh, they were seen as competition against the Edison. One of those suppressed technologies ultimately uh, was revealed. Uh, and we use it now every day. We're using it all right now. And that's AC current. That was Tesla. But it competed against Edison's DC current. And so uh, Tesla was defrauded. He was publicly humiliated. All of that kind of stuff. They said that um, AC current was dangerous. And they gave all kinds of reasons why. Um, and it was just a power play. It was a money play. And, of course, it all turned out to be false. And now we use AC current everywhere. You know, 110, 220. But there was a time when it was suppressed technology. And so, to me, it's not that much of a conspiracy theory at all. Um, although many people consider that it to be conspiracy theory. Uh, and there's a lot of suppressed technology. I just gave a couple examples. Um, here's another conspiracy theory. Um, that uh, fluoride was put in our water to control us based on an experiment that was done with prison populations. Um, or that uh, vaccin vaccinations were used in ways that ultimately resulted in different kinds of uh, childhood troubles like autism and stuff like that. Um, and again, there's a lot, a lot of proof that shows that that is indeed the case. That, um, you know, like uh, one thing that Kristen mentions every so often is about, you know, the rise of allergies to peanuts and stuff. When back in the day, peanut oil was used as a delivery mechanism for vaccines. And infant bodies didn't know how to process peanut oil. And so it, they developed a natural resistance to it or a natural allergy to it. And so now here we are. Um, and so the thing that's scary to me about vaccines and some of these other things that we just now, they won the public war. And so, you know, we're basically forced to vaccinate our kids uh, if they go to public school or, you know, some 
uh, municipalities are starting to take fluoride out of water and stuff now, but you still see a lot of it everywhere, is that, A, we don't get a vote in the matter, and B, like with vaccines, there's no regulation on those. They can put whatever shit they want in those things. Who the hell knows what we're getting? They'll even come out with a vaccine, like a flu vaccine, that says that it's 7% effective or 10% effective, but you need to have it. You know, it's kind of like the stupid commercials for medicines. Lyrica, you know, is a good one. Uh, you know, that uh, calms and suppresses nerve pain for people who have diabetic nerve pain or fibromyalgia and all that kind of stuff. Like, the actual commercial is like 15 seconds long, and then the rest of the 60 seconds is telling you all the different ways it's going to kill you. But... You need to ask your doctor if Lyrica is right for you, even though one of the side effects is potential death. So it's public conditioning, right? It's ridiculous. I mean, honestly, I'll just come out and say this. I only have one more conspiracy thing we're going to talk about and wrap things up, but I'll come out and say this. The fact that we as the general human population believe so much of the bullshit that shoveled us honestly makes me wonder how aliens haven't taken us over already, you know, just to put us out of our misery. God bless them. You know, they're like like the Southern approach to alien invasion. Bless their darling hearts. We need to put these guys out of their misery because, man, they just believe anything. Um, and it just feels that way sometimes. I mean, holy crap. Uh, if like, there are times where I just want to grab a hold of people and shake them and say, wake the hell up. You know, like life isn't just about waking up in the morning, eating breakfast, driving to work, doing your job, coming home, playing with the dog or the kids or whatever, watching some TV and then going to bed at night. And, you know, reading the news and it's like, oh my gosh, did you see so-and-so did this? Like, we need to wake the hell up. We need to come together as a human race and start embracing things that really matter. Like, really matter. Like, loving one another. That kind of really matters. You know, putting aside differences and coming together and embracing one another for who we are as humans. Like, oh my God, you're black. I can't associate with you. How ridiculous to judge somebody based on the <clears throat> based on the color of their skin or where they live in the world. Like, that's so ridiculous. You know, we need to move past that. You know, or just to believe everything we're told, hook, line, and sinker, like good little boys and girls. That's ridiculous. You know, we need to start questioning things. Um, we need to evolve as a human species to a higher vibrational level. You know, embracing love does that. Embracing gratitude does that. Living at peace with one another does that. Like, that's where we need to go as a human race. Um, not this crazy stuff that we're constantly being subjected to. You know, my opinion, of course. Um, so the last one I'm going to share, and then we'll go to comments and questions here, and then wrap things up. Uh, one of the latest conspiracy theories that the mainstream media has just started debunking, which to me says that it's legit, um, is QAnon. 
And uh, some of you may or may not be familiar with QAnon. Um, QAnon is basically a group of uh, people. It's not just one person. Um, they believe it's a group of people who um, have inside information regarding things going on within our government. Uh, so could be military, could be um, intelligence, whatever. But they are releasing a series of uh, statements almost on a daily basis at times regarding things to pay attention to as the American people, you know, or basically QAnon is challenging us to question everything. Kind of funny. Um, which is why I probably would tend to believe that it's legit. Um, just because it, you know, the constant challenges to question everything. Um, but it's a huge conspiracy theory. For the longest time, it was very underground. Um, you didn't see the mainstream media at all. And then all of a sudden, in the last month, uh, mainstream media has picked up on it basically to debunk it. You know, oh, it's not a real thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so, like, to me, with how mainstream media seems to be at times, you know, <clears throat> um, if they tell me I shouldn't believe something... Chances are I probably should look at it at least. Um, not with everything, of course, but uh, again, um, like I said at the beginning of the show, just because CNN says it doesn't make it true any more than just because a conservative news network says it doesn't make it, make it so. I mean, Fox is definitely more on a conservative side than what CNN would be. Uh, Breitbart, definitely more conservative than... You know, other organizations or Drudge Report, um, Seavine, you know, there's a lot of different ones that are out there that are conservative, but that doesn't mean that they get it all right either, any more than liberal points of view. I think it's important that we have both because it gives us a contrast, but not to just accept one or the other whole hook, line and sinker. We have to do our own due diligence. And that's my challenge uh, to all of you. So... Um, you know, we spent the last 75 minutes picking up the lids on a lot of cans of worms. Um, <laughs> and like I said uh, at the beginning, we will probably revisit some of these just because I think it'd be a fun discussion. Um, not necessarily to validate or invalidate, but just for the sheer fun of discussing it. Um, not to mention the fact that a lot of these, you know, me being a nerd product creator, um, a lot of these really make for some good fodder for t-shirt designs and stuff. Um, <laughs> so, you know, nothing else that maybe helps my bottom line from a creation perspective. All right. Um... Well, Tony, Tony brings up a really interesting point, uh, and I didn't list this one, but it's a fun one nonetheless. Um, are the are the pyramids really alien power stations? Um, like, I think the jury's still out on that one, but there's more and more. Um, there's more and more evidence that is revealed that makes you wonder about that, right? Um, just like uh, if you talk about ley lines and grids, uh, power grids on the earth, 
and you play connect the dots with holy sites and different things like that, like the Great Pyramids um, and Stonehenge and, um, you know, some of the, uh, like Machu Picchu and places like that. Um, <laughs> there's a legit something there that, you know, people 3,500 years ago may or may not have figured out on a global scale. Uh, so it certainly makes you wonder. Um, Tim mentions FDR. Yeah, I found like these could really all be um, put into categories, you know, government related, um, personality related. You know, like there's a lot of arguments about, you know, Elvis never really died. Michael Jackson never really died. Tupac never really died. Um, you know, they faked their own death. That Paul McCartney actually did really die and was replaced by a lookalike. Um, you know, like to me, who's who's to know one way or another? Maybe like when you have that much public, uh, public view on you personally and maybe you're at the end of your career or whatever, and you want to just be able to live your life for a while, I could see some validity in faking your own death, you know? But it's not to say that it didn't really happen. I mean, there's another one um, that uh, Robert Kennedy is still living. I saw that one recently um, with some pretty compelling arguments that it's true. Um, so who knows? You know, that's really what it comes down to. Um, let's see. Mavis says, even worse than accepting mainstream media is accepting what is seen or read on social media, which is the main purveyor of true fake news. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. And I especially like the last three words, true fake news. <laughs> what a great combination of words. Um, I'm just going to go through some of these because there's a lot of comments today, which is great. Um, uh, Mavis says, uh, from all I've seen of 1960s and 70s movies, I don't think Hollywood or other movie studios have the technology to create a believable moon landing. If they could, they would have created believable movies. Right. See, that's that's a really good argument. Uh, and that, I mean, there's some value to that. Now, today, of course, we can, with CGI, we can pull off about anything. But, but back then, the technology was much, much different. I mean, they were using, you know, um, painted mats and all kinds of stuff back then. <laughs> Mark says, I was born and raised in Florida and have watched personally with my own eyes the launches both from my home and at the Cape. Where did they go if it was all a scam? Did they just hang out in a space lounge until <laughs> the grift was completed? Maybe, but I doubt it. I always start my due diligence with the information source. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Mavis says, some years back I learned in film class that 
Hitler was the first political figure to hire a PR person and sculpt a movie that very successfully promoted his agenda. Yeah, there's a lot of PR that's happening that we don't believe, or that rather we do believe implicitly, but not recognizing that it's just good PR. And not good as in wholesome, good as in effective. Um, Mark says, let's see, I have some tales of 9-11 from sources that I trust. I witness side stories about minor events that will make you scratch your head and at least question the official story. One is about Pentagon plane crash on 9-11, how the plane hit the only part of the building that had just completed an upgrade. The other is about the Trade Center the night before and a cordon around it for a gas main problem being handled by an unmarked team outfitted like SWAT going in and out of the basement of the building. Yeah, there's there's literally hundreds if not thousands of things like that that kind of make you scratch your head as you said. Um, Jess, Jess wins the day because she gives a Spock quote. Uh, as Spock said, it's only the arrogance of man that believes we are the only ones in the universe. Star Trek for the trip home. Absolutely. <laughs> and Mavis says, good Lord, I hope there's more intelligent life out there than can be found on our planet. Right? Somebody wasted a lot of time in space if, if we're the best they could come up with. Um, let's see. And Mark says, I too have seen what I'm sure was a UFO on two occasions. Uh, once in the remote foothills of the Alps when I was acting as a forward observer in the army and with two other guys and another with my wife at my parents' house. Yeah, I probably had, I don't know, four or five sightings total in my lifetime. Nothing really recent. I think the last one was maybe four years ago or no. Five, maybe five years ago now, um, I was driving down 81 heading toward uh, Tennessee. I was in Southern Virginia and I was actually on the phone with a friend of mine, Warren Whitlock, and uh, just driving along chatting. And all of a sudden, this slow moving silver disc just flew across the sky, literally right in front of me. And uh, I, I, told, I told, Warren, I, like, holy crap, there's a flying saucer in the sky. I can see it right now. And it became this real long discussion on Twitter, actually, I think, if I remember correctly. Might have been a few years earlier. Um, but, yeah, that was the last thing that I really recall seeing. Uh, let's see. Mark says, I have a friend who came over to my house two weeks ago so he could show me the proof that the flat, uh, proof of the flat earth through the YouTube videos and so on. We ended up laughing our butts off at some of those. However, he still was not completely convinced. He was no longer adamant about it, though. 
My favorite was a blue rock that is claimed to be a bit of the dome that covers us because it has a high content of oxygen. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I think we're going backwards in time on that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, let's see. Yeah, Mark mentions follow the money. That really, uh, follow the money, follow the power. Um, really gets to the core of a lot of conspiracy theories. And Mark says, can you imagine the effect on the planet by dinosaur farts? Dude, I had the exact same thought yesterday. <laughs> like, we would be in so much trouble. Uh, and Lori brings up something that I I was going to put on my list, and I didn't. Um, but she mentioned it, so it ended up here anyway, which is cool. Uh, she says, uh, chemtrails are there to block the sight of the planets in our solar system. Nibiru, uh, uh, the second sun. Um, which, of course, if you're not familiar with what Nibiru is, N-I-B-U-R-U, uh, I'd encourage you to look it up. It's very interesting. Um, basically a sign that at some point we could be royally screwed uh, as a planet. Uh, we do have two suns or another planet most likely. I've seen it several times over my lifetime. That's super cool. Uh, Mavis says things that really matter, loving one another and not ruining the health of our planet and killing off so many other species. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and Tony says, it seems it's only a matter of time until the fossil fuels have run out and Tesla type engines have to be used. I just wonder how the power companies are going to uh, transition it without causing chaos in the markets, let alone population chaos. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that one too. Uh, like one thing I really remember strongly, those of you who are older would remember this, um, back in the 70s, whenever we had the gas crisis and you know the whole odd even rationing days you know like you could only get gas on even day or odd day or whatever and of course that was a real thing until it was shown that it was all bullshit which it really was bullshit um I, and i remember uh i was friends with someone later on um after that was all passed, but he, um, I was friends with his sister. Uh, and he was telling me that at the time he worked for Texaco, I think it was, and his primary job was to hide tankers off the coast that were full. <coughs> and so um, a lot of gas stations that closed because they were out of gas actually were full of gas because they had to put it somewhere. And so they would uh, bring in tankers at night and fill up gas stations and then say they were out of gas when in reality they were full, um, but they had to push the narrative forward. Uh, and of course, now here we are, what, 40 years later, um, and obviously we've not run out of gas. So that was another, you know, one of those things where it's market manipulation, 
it's public manipulation. Um, but it's a valid question, Tony, because I've wondered the same thing. Um, but ultimately, they have to figure out how to make it work financially. That is the key. Like the key to us moving forward in different energy technologies has absolutely nothing to do with what's best for the people or best for our planet. And it has everything to do with how they can make the most money. So for them to come out with zero point energy generators or over unity engines or uh, cold fusion or any of the other, you know, controversial technologies that all of a sudden makes power production the cost of pennies, we have a problem because now all of a sudden it's free or very, very low cost and they can't monetize that. So, you know, therein lies the problem, kind of like what Mark said, you got to follow the money. Um, so that's why it's not that hard to believe that technologies are suppressed um, because they can't make money off of them. Uh, Jess says, I resisted the theory about 9-11 for many years, but after seeing videos and looking at reports, particularly government reports, I've come to believe that the theory is true. A lot of people really have changed on that one. Um, absolutely. Oh, sorry, Jess. Jess says, I'm a man. Sorry about that. It's like Pat as a name. It could go either way, so I apologize. Um, I will ask you about that sometime, Mark, for sure. All right. <laughs> maybe this said maybe the dinosaur farts caused the ice age. Maybe. Or it could have been, you know, that the poles switched or the earth shifted on its axis. I mean, or it could just be because we have a larger climate cycle that spans tens of thousands of years or millions of years. And we naturally cycle through that. I mean, there's any number of explanations behind that. Um... Lori says, oil is not from fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are an interesting thing to me. Um, that might be an interesting discussion for another time. You know, coal and different things like that. Um, I mean, we've been led to believe in the past that, you know, we're eventually going to run out. And I can certainly see some arguments to that end. But I think it's time for us to evolve. Uh, from an energy perspective uh, away from that because it's certainly not helping our planet. Um, it's time to, I mean, you think about uh, wind technology, you think about solar technology, like it seems to me like the solar technology really isn't that much more efficient than what it was 40 years ago. Like we've created freaking smartphones. We can't make solar energy more efficient than what it currently is. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, we should be 100% solar or something else by now. 
Um, Tony says, I think the introduction of electric cars is the beginning of them transitioning. Electric supply will gradually get supplemented, I think. Yeah, I could see that as a possibility. They're certainly easing into it. But, I mean, again, it goes back to the money issue. Uh, Kristen and I were just having a conversation the other day, uh, not about electric necessarily, but the discussion was, you know, we were teased with concept cars, which in most cases are always awesome looking, you know, like these really sexy looking sports kind of cars and all of that really awesome looking SUVs. Most of the time, sometimes they look stupid, but then they take like the different technologies and body styling and all of that and introduce it into car lines over the course of years, right? Like Ford is especially one for this. Do you ever wonder why? Like my opinion is that if you slowly introduce new technologies over time, like say the course of five years, 10 years, you sell a lot more cars than if you just bring it out all next year and then have to come up with something else that's cool. So again, it's all about money. It's all about sales. Because there's nothing stopping them from creating like the ultimate electric car that looks like a freaking McLaren and, you know, and do so for $30,000 or $40,000. Like, you mean to tell me you can't actually do that? And they would say, oh, no, you know, we have to test technologies and those kinds of things. But again, you know, you're not going to sell as many cars if you do that all at once. So, you know, it does make sense to introduce the technology over time if you look at it from that perspective. All right. So that's all I have. We're at the bottom of the hour. I figured this one would go long. Not my intention, but, you know, you know me. Uh, so anyway, that's all I have, folks. Thank you all very much for hanging out with me again. I appreciate you uh, listening to my musings. And um, I'm not quite sure what we'll get into next week. Uh, it, I never actually know for sure. Um, the fact that this idea came to me is, you know, several days out instead of the morning of is kind of surprising. But <coughs> excuse me. Um, so anyway, we'll see what we come up with for next week. Uh, should be good. I am looking at some more guests, um, maybe having Frank back to talk more about paranormal investigation and stuff because there's a lot more we can cover there. And he and I've been talking about it a lot lately. So, um, so I'll probably have him back again soon and some other folks that I'm talking with as well. So I hope you have a great week. Um, and, uh, we will definitely talk again soon.